All right, welcome to the first of its kind, world-changing manufacturers network. Lisa Ryan has her ears to the ground and her heart in the game. Get ongoing education and new connections right here with Lisa and the manufacturers network. Buckle your seat, listen, and spread the word. Here's Lisa. Hey, it's Lisa Ryan. Welcome to the Manufacturers Network podcast. I'm excited to introduce you today to Kent Gladish. Kent is Vice President of Member Development at the Technology and Manufacturing Association. TMA helps small to mid-sized manufacturers in Illinois basically with just about everything. (laughs) Kent has a unique background with an undergrad in physics and also an MBA in marketing. So, Kent, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's always good to be live here and looking forward to our near future. All right. Awesome. Well, share a little bit about your journey to what led you to TMA on that Friday afternoon. Yeah, I graduated uh, college with a physics degree and kind of said, now what am I going to do? And I landed at a company called VideoJet in the Chicago area. And if you open your refrigerator, you'll find little freshness dates on just about everything in your refrigerator. And that company's grown from 150 people up to, gosh, they're probably up to 3,000 by now. But that got me into my master's degree to where to find my home in marketing. Lost my position there due to 2001. Ended up at a small manufacturer in the Chicago area called Hawmiller. Went through another recession, lost my position there, but I had met... TMA along the way. And you and I were talking about the funny story is I actually cold called that Hawmiller company on a Friday afternoon and was able to land the position. And uh, when anybody tells you that cold call doesn't work anymore, well, it's just not true. Uh, it does. And I, I joke about that because I wouldn't be sitting where I'm at and doing what I do, which I love uh, to pieces without that, that cold call initiative. But uh, nonetheless, Hawmiller is a TMA member and a good customer of mine. Yeah, thank you for that intro about TMA. As I like to say, our members manufacture something. They're not really good at all the other stuff you have to have to manufacture it in Northeast Illinois. And when you think about all that stuff, it's health insurance and 401k and I need a freight forwarder and I need to redo my floor. I need to redo my ceiling. I need to figure out COVID. I need, I need, I need, I need. Big gigantic companies have all those resources. They join, the small guys join an association to get access to those resources. So that's what, that's why we're on this earth. And one of the things that I noticed and why I wanted to have you on the show is that you do such a great job talking about your members on social media and promoting some of the good things that they're doing. And I understand that a lot of that came up because of COVID and just really taking it to the next level with explaining what your manufacturing members are doing. I'm sorry, I was uh, 60 appointments a month with our members because I spend most of my time not behind a computer, but uh, face-to-face with them, shaking hands, et cetera. COVID hit and uh, my number of appointments dropped uh, significantly. And the marketing side of me said, why don't you start taking pictures of their brand or their signage and put that on LinkedIn, mostly because it's pretty easy and it's free. And so that has uh, become a 225 times a year. So I do one every business day, uh, spotlighting uh, one of my members, just so people are aware uh, of small to medium-sized manufacturing. 
because everybody's heard of Boeing and Deer and Caterpillar, but very, very few, very few people recognize that in manufacturing, 84% of the companies that manufacture in the United States are under 25 employees. 85% of the manufacturers in this country wow. under 25 employees. So really the backbone of the United States, let alone Northeast Illinois, is made up of small companies. But we don't hear about the small companies. We hear about the big companies due to the mass media. And what are some of the things, the success stories that you've been seeing your members doing during these times to increase their business, to communicate better, to connect with their customers, all of the above? Yeah, that's a, that's a, a pitcher of beer question. Uh, <laughs> I, I think at 100,000 feet, my members have always been doing precision metalworking and plastics. And so when you find the precision that's where the, the things that are booming now, and I actually made a silly list here. These are things that I've been told are doing well. Binoculars, grills, weights. These are all things that people want in their homes because of COVID and they want to buy them locally. I mean, weights. I don't even know where, where weights were manufactured before, but TMA members are now manufacturing barbells and weights because the lifters of the world a year ago went out to Dick's Sporting Goods and bought up all the weights. And of course, you don't just order a freight load of, of very heavy weights from China. Our members manufacture some precision-related things, and those precision-related things are, uh, are doing quite well these days. I, I joke about springs because there's so many springs in all sorts of handheld kitchen devices and we're all cooking more at home. And so all of those spring manufacturers are crazy busy these days because uh, we're buying up those particular goods. Gosh, what else? Medical research devices, uh, of course, medicine and all things related to health are up. And all of the tools that they use in order to do their research is precision manufactured locally so therefore, those local manufacturers uh, tend to be doing well. So manufacturing is pretty broad. If you just go through your day and look at everything you see, it's manufactured by somebody somewhere. The thing that I've been noticing that's the most progressive, again, in my world, which is Northeast Illinois, small to medium-sized manufacturers, and because I'm a numbers guy, 10% of my members are under 10 employees, and 10% of my members are over 80 employees. So the 80-20 rule says they're between you know, 10 and 80. So that, that's what I mean by small. Right. But the really progressive guys are focusing on their culture. They're focusing on their employees. They're focusing on millennials and attracting millennials. So they, they're skewing their websites, not necessarily toward new business. They're skewing them toward new employees. So they're illustrating how cool they are, how they do their, uh, their uh, group hugs, uh, at least that was pre-COVID. Yeah, pre-COVID. <laughs> uh, pre-COVID. But just doing very unique things, having flexible hours, uh, focusing on the employees, uh, dressing them in not just a, a Cintas uniform, but in something that's very branded uh, behind the company and just celebrating a lot. Uh, those, those members who I really respect are focused on their culture 
And they were the ones that were the smartest when it came to COVID. They said, let's shut down on Friday so we can clean Friday, Saturday, Sunday, be more efficient Monday through Thursday. The employees love that because they got a three-day weekend, even though they were working 10-hour day. That could have occurred before, but it didn't. So COVID uh, created a benefit in that particular case. Yeah, and when you when you look at the difficulty of finding people, you can't go with stock photos of people <laughs> who don't look like the people who are interviewing anymore. You know, right. It's right. really looking when that candidate is looking at that. Do I see myself there? Right. And so these little things that of just showing the real world. Well, uh, our members' number one issue is largely unchanged for a lot of years, but the number one issue right now is trying to find skilled people. Uh, said another way, they have the work, they have the machine, they don't have the skilled person to run the machine to make the parts, as simple as that sounds. And then if their business is up, as, a, as I think I told you, I've collected 16 members who had their best year ever in 2020. Uh, so there's 16 of them, they're, they're ready to go on second shift. And a lot of this younger workforce says, I'm not working second shift. So they're trying to get to be creative to pay more, to, to find ways to get them to work on that second shift. Yeah, finding the skilled people. Uh, you told me you were going to ask about a best tip. I'm going to tell it to you now. Um, okay. I had a really smart guy named Tim Roth. He works for Zeman Manufacturing. He told me this when he worked for a different member, but that's unimportant. He said what he'd do is he'd get in his car, he'd drive to the local, you pick it, Starbucks, Burger King, Wendy's, whatever, and ask for the manager. Because the manager at one of those retail outfits has to deal with customers, has to deal with money, and is trusted to open and close the, the place. And so he would say, how about a career in manufacturing? I'm willing to pay X. I'll bet you're making X minus something. And he has actually converted uh, a handful of people that way, uh, just trying to find local area skilled people who can work with their hands, have some math skills, but don't know that there's a manufacturing career because we all see Burger King and Wendy's, but we don't see all the small to medium-sized manufacturers uh, as we're driving around. Uh, I do. I get to see them. That's that's my purpose. But uh, there are ways to uh, to skin that cat. Well, and even changing the conversation when it comes to schools and bringing back tech programs and introducing manufacturing at a much younger age, because you're absolutely right. You can look for people with that enthusiasm, with that energy, and you can teach them the skills but who would think about going up to drive through restaurants and talking <laughs> to the managers because of those little things, good with numbers, trustworthy. Those are, right. those are, that is a great tip. Yeah. Again, at a hundred thousand feet, our society looks at, you know, every kid has to go to college. If you don't go to college, you're a loser. Blue collar jobs don't pay much, which is all flat wrong. Uh, in right. our world, we know who the industrial arts teachers are in the local high schools who get it. And it's really exciting because they will invite us in. I've actually, here in my, my late 50s, have been asked to speak to high school kids. I think I've spoken now at four high schools, and I'm not even the lead person at TMA that, that networks with that. But I see the, the glasses really half full because there's a lot of young people who are getting on the the STEAM agenda, if you throw the, 
the arts into STEM, you get STEAM. But there's an awful lot of really good things. Ah, okay. Yeah, so science, technology, engineering, math, arts, whoops, arts, math, <laughs> gives you STEAM instead of... Right. And it was just somebody who saw STEM and said, hey, wait, you forgot the arts. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we've got a great set of high schools uh, here called East and West Leiden that are graduating a whole crop of seniors, many of whom go off to college, but many of whom go off to a manufacturing career immediately because they get their NIMS credentials in the high school. They are doing machining and lathe work and whatnot. And then they go right out into our TMA members making more money than their parents do. And it's right. a, a really interesting high school system that, uh, or high school program that, that's really knocking out of the park. And there's quite a few others in the Chicago area. Well, and the nice thing about it, too, is they're not coming out of college with tens of thousands of dollars of student loan debt either. And they're immediately making a nice living. Now, I remember back in my high school days, you know, all the kids that were in shop class or in wood shop or any of those, they were seen as the troublemakers. And there was the kind of that whole <laughs> stigma around that. And, you know, now we're starving for these people. So just kind of getting rid of that old mindset and, and looking at the new and the opportunities that manufacturing brings. Yeah, I go back to, uh, I graduated high school in 1980. And if you could sh shift everything that I graduated high school around now, I would have been a machinist. Uh, I had really good math skills. My dad had me working on the car on the weekends and uh, just different time periods. So that's why it, it, I'm so passionate about it as I look at some of these young people. And even though I love my, my college uh, situation, that was very important in my life, but uh, my parents paid for my college. I was very fortunate that way. And it didn't cost that much back in the late, in the early eighties. But yeah, we really see this, this whole transformation of making sure that young people have tools to see what careers are out there to let them pursue them accordingly. My wife is in the high school system. Those tools do exist and, and it's, it's, it's starting to take hold and whatnot. It's the parents and the rest of society that's got the stigma about blue collar and so on and so forth. There was just a piece on LinkedIn just this morning. I don't even know who posted it, but they talked about the uh, hourly wage of plumbers, uh, truck drivers. Oh, I can't, but they were all you know, doing very well financially. That's a, a misnomer. And manufacturing is much the same way. You've got to have your skills. You've got to be good. You've got to get to work every day. You've got to be on time or a Lombardi time, which is 15 minutes early. It's exciting. I work with a fair number of young people that, that get it. And it's really exciting to place them at a TMA member and watch them, uh, watch them go crazy. So... So when you're at a high school and you're talking to these kids, what are you telling them about manufacturing? What are you showing? You know, what are you doing to, to light that spark within them? That's a challenge. I usually bring uh, parts that I can hand to them and let them pass around. I like handing them a seatbelt buckle because nobody thinks about the seatbelt buckle that they wore in order to get to school. It's just a simple piece of metal that's been chrome plated, but a hundred pound girl in a 30 mile an hour impact all of a sudden weighs a thousand pounds and that buckle has to hold the strap that holds her whole upper body without eating the steering wheel, saves her life. And it was just that little, that little buckle, that chrome plated buckle that nobody really thinks about that my members manufacture. 
And oh, by the way, it never has any air pockets in it because that uh, wouldn't uh, bode well. So I'll try to give them a little bit of shock and awe about an automobile accident to try to get their attention from the old bald guy talking. I oftentimes talk about how much money they will be making because I've heard too often that that's what they want to know. So I just come right out and say it. Mm -hmm. But I say it's a range. And then I hit really hard by saying, you got to get out of bed. You got to get to work early. And it doesn't matter if there was a train. <laughs> you should have been early and hit them pretty hard that way. Are you using things like manufacturing day as well to as an organization? Oh, gosh, yeah. We probably have, if not 20, it could be 40 TMA members that have their houses open on October 1st or whatever Friday is the manufacturing day in October. We promote that through all of our uh, social media and all of our conversation, just trying to get our members involved in the community because the high schools tend to be involved. Again, it's the high schools who get it, not all the high schools get it. Many of them admit they want all their kids to go off to college because that makes them look better, which is uh, unfortunate. Mm -hmm. But uh, certainly Manufacturing Day is a lot of fun to, uh, to try to, as I try to say, humanize the manufacturing world. Because again, I know where all those, where all those manufacturing areas are in Northeast Illinois, but nobody else drives there. Uh, they're all headed off to the malls and whatnot. But I think we became a lot more aware of manufacturing just in this last year as the supply chain was so disrupted, number one, the whole toilet paper scare. But then you also had the, all the stories of these companies that one day they're making beer, the next day they're making hand sanitizer. <laughs> one day they're making plastic something, the next day they're making shields. So just that opportunity to not only adjust immediately on the fly, but to be able to contribute in such a significant way to society is also a, a big thing. That was, uh, thank you for reminding me of that. A year ago, I had a colleague who was connected in to Northwestern Hospital, and they said, we need a million face shields now. And I went out to the TMA membership and I said, here's what they're looking for, who's in? And I got 20 members. And today I have five members who still manufacture face shields because they pivoted. And they are, by the way, not uh, plastics people, they're metal people. Wow. Because they know how to tool up and they know how to make something uh, with precision at the right tolerances, but inexpensively so they can make a buck. And uh, they pivoted, and that's what they're uh, continuing to make uh, uh, as we speak. And it was really neat to be a part of that. Let's get a million face shields in here. I swear it was in five working days. I mean, it was something ridiculous. Wow. Now, there wasn't the shortage, so, uh, shortage of um, some of the materials that we have today uh, on, on those various levels. But yeah, there's the. Uh, again, that, that silly story of weights, I believe it or not, am a weightlifter myself. I'm actually looking over the table there at my 55-pound bar made by TMA members. Wow. I, I assembled a number of them because we came to realize in late March of last year, none of the sporting goods had any more weights and nobody could go to the YMCA or their gyms. Boom. We've got metal workers who know how to laser cut and water jet cut weights and, and so on and so forth. So there's a number of people who pivoted that way. Brian Fleck at uh, Katrox is a TMA member who is distributing 
uh, weights uh, because of that whole program, because of TMA. So uh, neat story. Thank you for reminding me of that. Oh, absolutely. And another great way to highlight why people should go into manufacturing and go into those programs. So that's terrific. Absolutely. Well, Ken, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. If people wanted to learn more about TMA or just to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Best way to do that is through email or through LinkedIn would probably be the easiest. But my email address is kgladish, K-G-L-A-D-I-S-H. And then at TMA, we make you spell the word Illinois. So it's TMA Illinois, and we are a not-for-profit, so we're a .org. So kgladish at tmailinois.org. All right. Well, Ken, thank you again so much for being on the show today. You're very welcome. Have a great rest of your day, Lisa. Thanks. I'm Lisa Ryan, and this is the Manufacturers Network Podcast. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Hey, do me a favor. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Also, feel free to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues so we can grow the network and connect more fantastic folks just like you. You can either go to the website at manufacturers-network.com or share the podcast on your LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you and your industry friends hang out. The bigger and faster we grow this network, the stronger and deeper community we will have. I appreciate you. Thank you.